Greetings and welcome to this episode of Faith to Live By. I'm your host, Pam Christian, where each week I seek to help us discover and live in life-giving truth and experience all the hope truth provides. In recent years, the search for truth has become paramount because we've learned all of us worldwide have been intentionally lied to and deceived while the godless, self-appointed elite seek to advance their agenda for a one-world government. I usually help us explore current events from a biblical and prophetic perspective so we as God's children can know how He wants us to respond, which I firmly believe is most needed today because we are living in the most unprecedented times the world has ever known. And this reality has been confirmed again and again through God's trusted modern-day prophets. So today, I want to explore current events as it relates to our health. You know, our health has been targeted by the globalists. While they have claimed concern for the world's climate, in reality, I firmly believe they want to reduce the population to make it more manageable. Their plans, as disclosed on the now-destroyed Georgia Guidestones, and as revealed in Klaus Schwab's book, COVID-19, The Great Reset, and the United Nations Agenda 2030, make evident that they want to control the world And a primary way they've planned to do that is by impacting our health. I've had James Roguski on my show before to help us understand how the United Nations, through the World Health Organization, seeks to control the world's population in a variety of ways. The unproven and mandated so-called vaccine people were caused to take has led to untold numbers of people dying suddenly, many with heart disease. As a miraculous survivor of sudden cardiac arrest, helping people become aware of the warning signs of heart issues and learning the importance of seeking immediate help, even with the most minor of symptoms, has been of utmost importance to me. I experienced sudden cardiac arrest in 2002, and thanks to the three Christian women who were with me, I got immediate help, and to this day, nearly 22 years later, I'm still going strong. With the experiential realization of how fragile and brief our physical lives actually are, I spend all of my working hours seeking to help people discover the same eternal, life-giving truth I have been blessed to find, namely, Jesus Christ. Because February is Heart Disease Awareness Month, with this week's podcast, I'm sharing my story as told before a live audience at Mount Hermon's Conference Center in California. On September 16, 2002, I started to play tennis with some girlfriends. For the first time, I hadn't played tennis with these ladies before, you know. And I arrived feeling a little bit nervous. Well, a lot nervous, okay? Because I really wanted to do well. I wanted them to invite me back to play with them again. It was important to me that I could establish a new group of women to play tennis with. Now, I also arrived feeling what seemed to be some slight indigestion. But I just chalked it up to the idea that, you know, I'd been eating a lot of cantaloupe, trying to get those last of the summer fruits in, you know. I just uh, didn't feel quite right, but I, it wasn't too big. It was just minor. So my friend Terry introduced me to Jill and to Debbie, two ladies I'd never met before, and I joined them on the court to warm up. And the first ball that I hit went over the fence. Not the net, the fence. <laughs> The second ball I hit went into the net. The third ball that I hit went over to Jill, who was warming up with Terry. I was supposed to be warming up with Debbie. (laughs) 
I was mortified. And I realized how dreadful this was for me in terms of my tennis reputation. I figured right away they would probably never again ask me to play tennis with them. And at the same time I'm thinking all these thoughts, I realized I'm feeling rather short of breath and a little lightheaded. And too much for the amount of exertion that I had already given. So I announced that I really couldn't play tennis, which was probably obvious at that time. <laughs> and I went over to sit down to calm myself down. I figured I had just gotten myself terribly emotionally worked up wanting to do a good job. So anyway, I sat down, but I really wasn't getting any better. So I gathered my things and I announced that I was going to go home and Terry followed me out toward my car, which I resisted because I thought, gosh, I'd already interrupted the game enough. Please at least play a threesome. Don't let me interrupt any further. But Terry continued following me out to the car. And I knew that actually they would be better off if I left anyway, considering how I'd been playing. So Terry then began to offer to drive me to my doctors. And I was resisting, knowing I have brand new insurance. I don't even have a primary care physician lined up yet. I wasn't really sure what to do. And so I thought that I would just drive myself home and read up on what I needed to do, make the phone call, and take myself to the doctor. But before I could actually get all the way into my car, around toward the front of my car at the curb where it was parked, I threw up, right there in public. I threw up. Well, at this time, Terry offered to call 9-11. And I resisted instead, saying, you know, don't, don't do that. And so she then said, let me at least drive you to the hospital. And I thought, well, perhaps that makes sense at this point in time. And then I went over to her beautiful red sporty car <laughs> that was so immaculate inside, opened the door and started to get in. Realizing I would feel a little bit confined in it, I thought, oh, no. I do not want to make a mess of her beautiful red little car. My nausea was getting worse, and uh, so was my shortness of breath and my dizziness. So was my perspiration. I was rather hot and sweaty. So I walked back over to my car where it was parked because it was in the shade, and all I wanted to do was to lay down on the sidewalk that was still damp. It was early morning. I just wanted to lie down on that cold sidewalk in the shade. And at this time, Terry called 911. Well, by now, Jill and Debbie had come out from the courts, and I could hear them saying that someone needed to call my husband. And I could hear also that they were rummaging around through my purse looking for my cell phone. And so I laid there thinking, swell. Now I don't only admit that I'm tennis impaired, I'm also technology impaired because I have no phone numbers programmed into my cell phone. <laughs> So between breaths, and I was very short of breath, one digit at a time, I gave them my husband's phone number. They called my husband, and of course 9-11 had already been dispatched, and we could hear sirens off in the distance. Terry stayed on the phone with the dispatcher, following his instructions to care for me until they arrived. And Jill and Debbie were praying for me. Gratefully, I was with three Christian sisters who knew what to do first and foremost, and that was to pray. And it was Jill's prayer that took on the form of a song. And Jill was singing... What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. <laughs> the stress of the moment was causing you to forget the rest of the song. <laughs> so 
so she kept singing. What a friend we have in Jesus. Now, normally I would jump in. You know I like to sing. And I would help her finish the song, but I had a refrain of my own going, and it was, Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Because things were intensifying with my condition. Well, the firefighters and the paramedic arrived on the scene six minutes and 21 seconds after the call was made to 9-11. Immediately, there was a rush of men in dark blue uniforms scurrying all about. One man, Jeff Peterson, the paramedic, approached me from my left side, taking my arm and strapping it to something, I don't know what, and he immediately began asking me all sorts of questions to get an understanding of my level of consciousness and things like that. He asked me what was the date, what was the day of week, what is your name? What is your age? What is your weight? <laughs> that is the only time I ever admitted my weight in public. Well, I heard him confirm on the phone that he needed to administer 50 cc's of lidocaine, and at this time, my other arm was strapped to something likely it was the EKG. And I heard them state that they would need to administer an additional 50 cc's of lidocaine, and I've learned later that this is to try to get my heart regulated. And from the moment that they arrived on the scene, they began administering advanced life support. That's how serious of a condition they found me in. Captain Glenn Seekins and Jeff Peterson were two Caucasian men who were there at the scene. They were to my left, and Greg Brinkley and Mark Moore, happened to be two African-American men, were to my right, all of them working on me. And I think it was Greg who was calling out what he saw taking place on the EKG. Uh, and I'm told that my condition was changing so fast, so rapidly, that Captain Glenn Seekins could barely write it down. Now, for those who are medically oriented, what they witnessed was a sudden cardiac arrest that originated in the upper chamber of my heart. The particular documentation progression showed a sinus ventricular tachycardia that went into a ventricular tachycardia that went into a ventricular fibrillation. For the rest of us who don't know what in the world that means, <laughs> it means that the upper and the lower chambers of my heart were working very erratically, beating out of sync. It wasn't normal. <laughs> and the paramedics witnessed my heart beating around 300 beats per minute. For someone my size, the maximum exertion, if I was playing tennis on a good day, would be about 180 beats per minute. Now, I've since learned that a study in New York City of 5% of the witnessed ventricular fibrillation victims, that only 1% to 2% of cardiac arrest victims, survive. The fact that my new friends called 911 and immediately began prayer, allowed the emergency professionals to arrive on the scene and to witness the cardiac arrest and to be in place to save my life. That's why I'm able to stand here and testify to you about the goodness of God and the truth about life after death. You see, a sudden cardiac arrest is very different than a heart attack. A heart attack is where the heart convulses because the vessels that supply blood or oxygen to the heart are blocked. A heart attack can go into a cardiac arrest, but a sudden cardiac arrest is where the heart abruptly stops 
And I've since learned that estimates range from 250,000 to 400,000 people suffer sudden cardiac arrest each year and that it's the leading cause of death in North America. But with the advent of newer medications and the accessibility to defibrillators, you know, the zappers, <laughs> lives have been saved. And so the term has been changed to sudden cardiac arrest. Well, I was still answering Jeff's questions when he asked me, are you feeling kind of funny? <laughs> I thought, what kind of a question is that to ask at a time like this? Aren't you the paramedic? Well, I didn't know it, but what he was observing on the EKG was that my heart had stopped, but I was still answering his questions. <laughs> and I think that's a riot. <laughs> I'm a public speaker, for goodness sakes. <laughs> but as immediately as I had the thought, uh, well, what kind of a question is that, I was gone. That's when I died. And I'm told that this is the time that my body went into convulsions and flopped on the sidewalk a lot like a fish out of water and turned tomato red for lack of oxygen. Now, a crowd of onlookers had gathered, and the guys were really scurrying about now, I'm told, because they had to get the zip scissors so that they could cut right down through my clothing and get access to my chest. Mm. <laughs> a woman after my own heart. Now, I may have been the one to suffer the sudden cardiac arrest, but my friends Terry, Jill, and Debbie were the ones who were truly traumatized as they witnessed all of this. Because, you see, I was no longer in my body. I went to a whole new dimension, which was incredibly peaceful. It was dark where I was, but not a frightening dark. It wasn't a black dark. It was more of a, oh, charcoal gray or a warm brown dark. <laughs> Maybe something of what it would be like to be in a mother's womb. I did see a thin horizontal white light off in the distance, but it did not beckon me. And that's fine, because I was perfectly content right where I was. It was an incredibly peaceful place. I loved where I was, and I sensed that I was in the very center of the sovereignty of God. Nothing else mattered. Nothing. I just knew I was in the center of God's care. Now, Debbie told me that she was so sensitive to the fact that they had to cut my top off, and so it became a very personal and private-type matter for me, that she turned her back to me but kept praying. And I thought that was really sweet. You know, can't you just imagine her doing that? So as her back was turned and she's hearing them still work on me, she hears somebody yell out, Claire, because they're getting ready to get the defibrillators out. And then she heard the defibrillators activating, which gave off 200 joules of power. The next thing that Debbie heard was someone yell, bag her. And she's thinking, you can't do that. You can't give up on her now. You hardly worked on her. You can't possibly bag her now. And she turns around and she looks and she sees an oxygen bag on my face. You know she was thinking body bag. <laughs> and she admits to watching too many of those ER-type programs. <laughs> well, my heart began beating again. It responded to the very first treatment of defibrillation. And I could hear my name being called. And I was so agitated that anyone would disturb me. 
I liked where I was. I did not want to be bothered. I was experiencing the sovereignty of God. I experienced the fact that he's omnipresent. He's everywhere. I knew I had a husband and children, but they were also in God's care. They would be fine. I knew that they'd grieve if I weren't with them, but, you know, I didn't want to be bothered with even thinking about all these things because I could experience the sovereignty and the care and the love of God right where I was. But Greg Brinkley kept calling my name. (laughs) Pam, Pam, are you with us? Pam, Pam, come back. Pam, and I opened my eyes, and the first thing I saw was the face of a black man knelt over me, and beyond that I saw the sky and the clouds, and I thought, Jesus is black. My vision cleared, and I realized and gathered senses as to where I was. Now, we know that we are made in God's image, so Jesus has every color, but I finally realized where I was and what had happened, and, and that these were actually the men that God used to save my life. Now, about this time, I also sensed that my chest was bare. And realizing exactly where I am and that a lot of people had gathered, I asked, am I naked? Am I naked? And Greg bends down, he says, Pam, if that's the worst we have to worry about, it's been a good day. don't understand. (laughs) And I still didn't have confirmation, so I said, am I naked? (laughs) Well, they hurried and found something to cover me up, because the last thing they want is for a cardiac patient to get upset. (laughs) And then the ride to the hospital and the ambulance is what followed. And the doctors were, and they are, amazed to this day, that I suffered what I did because my weight is not a concern. Thank you very much. (laughs) I don't smoke. There's no immediate history of heart disease in my family. They found no cholesterol or electrical problems with my heart. I was in the hospital for eight days. They have no idea what specifically triggered this to happen. Tennis. Tennis. We'll talk later. So as a precautionary measure, they fitted me with an AICD. That's an automatic cardiovascular implantable device. And what it is is a combination defibrillator and pacemaker, so that if my heart should beat erratically again, the defibrillator will go off. If it should beat too slow, the pacemaker will set in. And a friend of mine, who is a famous person, I won't name him, but he cracked me up. One day he said, you know, if you ever see Pam, raise her arms and do this. It's probably because the defibrillator has gone off. Lord. (laughs) Well, when I was in the hospital and reflecting on everything, when it was still fresh, 
I flashed on a thought, a thought just kind of coursed through my mind that said, I have no regrets. And as soon as that thought registered, I thought, Pam, how arrogant of you. How in the world could you think something like that? And almost as soon as I had that thought, the Holy Spirit comforted me, allowing me to understand that I have no regrets, not because of how I live my life, but because of how Christ lived his, and my faith has been in Christ. I have no regrets because Christ's sinless life was laid down for me and for you if you're willing to believe and receive. I have no regrets because there was a day that I resolutely and deliberately chose to place my faith in Jesus Christ. And God, in his mercy and in his love, forgave me of all of my sin that very moment I placed my faith in Christ and restored me unto himself. What about you? Not one of us know the moment or the day our life will be taken from us. Have you already entered into covenant communion with God the Father through faith in Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit? Have you deliberately and resolutely placed your faith in Jesus? And if you haven't, why haven't you? Why haven't you? Are you thinking like so many people do that you have plenty of time? Do you? You don't know any more than anyone else knows when your life will come to an end. And it could be taken as suddenly as life walking across a sidewalk. And this truth that our life could be taken from us that fast need not be something that we fear. Because faith in Christ is what gives us assurance that we will enter covenant communion with God in heaven forever. My faith in Christ that was developed through all the trials and the sufferings that was developed before my cardiac arrest allowed me to look forward to life hereafter, believing that it would be better. But for having experienced what I did with the cardiac arrest, I now know and can testify that life definitely will be better after this. Far better than we can possibly hope or dream. Much more incredibly peaceful and loving than we could imagine. I am now experientially convinced in the truth of the Apostle Paul's statement that to live is Christ and to die is gain. Now when I got out of the hospital... I had to find out who these men were that saved my life. And when I visited them for the first time, there was a bond that we shared. I mean, we kind of stood around kind of goofy, just staring at each other. (laughs) And Jeff, the paramedic, was very interested in wanting to figure out, you know, what did the doctor say? What was the diagnosis, you know, from his medical perspective? And he said, I thought you had maybe suffered, and he rattled off some medical term. And then he said, but I realize you're too old for that. let that one slip. So we continued to visit, and then Jeff, he said, you know, Pam, I am really sorry, but I'm the one who had to cut your top off, and you really didn't like that. And I said, no, I didn't. And then stepping in, being very captainly, Captain Glenn Seekin says, Pam, I just want to reassure you, we're professionals, and under the circumstances, it really wasn't all that memorable. (laughs) 
turned to my lady friend who drove me there and I said, swell, first they tell me I'm too old, now they tell me I'm not all that memorable. <laughs> when it came time to leave, Captain Seekins looked at me and he said, Pam, your coming to see us has just made our day. I mean, they don't have that many people that are able to come back and say thank you. <laughs> But I looked at him and I said, Glenn, don't you understand that your coming to see me made the rest of my life? God used these wonderful men and the prayers of my sisters to allow this wife and mother of two to live longer on this earth. Now naturally, naturally I take cookies or something else, anything I can think of once a month over to the fire station Every month, I do it for a holiday, you know. I couldn't think of anything for August. Dog days of August? (laughs) And in September, they came over along with Jill, Debbie, and Terry and their husbands for a barbecue to celebrate my one-year anniversary of the survival of my cardiac arrest. To celebrate life, really. And, you know, it only makes sense that I would be devoted to these people. I mean, God used them to save my life. God used them to save my physical life here on this earth. And when you think of just that, then doesn't it make even more sense that we would be devoted to the one who has saved our eternal life? Christ died for us. The very least we can do is live for him. Now, many people, including the attending physician, Dr. Campbell, have said, you know, Pam, I think God was trying to tell you to slow down. But considering the fact that the doctors found no reason that I suffered what I did, that I have no cholesterol problems, I have no electrical problems, there's no reason that they've given me, well, actually, they did prescribe medications, but it was strictly precautionary, so I am not restricted. I take no medications whatsoever. Considering all of that, I can't agree with that line of thought. I don't believe that God was telling me to slow down at all. No, I don't believe I'm to slow down because I know now better than most just how preciously and precariously vulnerable our lives are. No, I've come to understand yet another statement that the Apostle Paul made, and that is, woe to me if I don't preach the gospel. God did not want me to slow down. God wanted me to become more intense for your sakes. Please understand me on this. You can be assured of your covenant communion in Christ. You can have a hope that is certain. You can know that you will spend eternity with God, with conviction, And it's as simple as you being willing to believe in and receive Jesus Christ, the Son of God, whose life was given up as a substitute sacrifice to satisfy the debt of your sin and mine. You can enter into blessed covenant communion if you are willing to do so. You see, it was by an act of the will that sin entered all of humanity. And so it requires an act of the will that the individual can be released and forgiven of sin, redeemed. I want you to learn much more about heart disease, so please allow my Bless Your Heart campaign webpage to help you do just that. 
Simply visit the website known as blessyourheartcampaign.com to learn more and find links to online tests you can take to learn of your personal propensity for heart disease and stroke. And by all means, share my story by recommending this podcast link so we can help people everywhere become aware and together we can save lives. My testimony, as you've heard it, has been on Focus on the Family several times, and I also shared my story live at UCI's first annual day of women's health as the keynote speaker at that particular event. As you heard, I found some genuine humor in the whole ordeal, but please know heart disease is serious, and we need to learn everything we can to help save physical lives, while at the same time sharing the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ to save eternal lives. Also, if you or a loved one are physically suffering and it's believed to be the result of your taking the vaccine, please make a point of going to my webpage for the complete show notes. Since early 2020, I have listed physicians who work hard to help people detoxify their bodies from the adverse effects of injections. The extensive loss of lives and loss of health we have suffered worldwide has got to stop. And gratefully, God has revealed his plans to intervene in the affairs of humanity to bring judgment and justice. In fact, next week, you will hear from my guest, Amanda Grace, about much of what God has recently revealed. It's been a while since I've had Amanda on, and with the next two weeks' podcasts, she will share more of what the Lord has revealed, specific to Canada, the United States, and the overwhelming immigration of people from several nations into the United States. The corrupt shadow government is encouraging this illegal influx, which is tremendously impacting our already stressed economy, increasing violent crimes, and stealing many rights and benefits that are due American citizens. With all that's going on in the world, our only hope is God's intervention, and gratefully, He has promised His personal involvement. Before I close, I want to again announce my efforts to see if there's enough interest to book a Christian travel tour to Greece. So I'm asking you to let me know if you'd be interested in being part of a Faith to Live by tour in Greece in 2025. I've been asking my listeners and also my subscribers to my bi-monthly e-newsletter to let me know where they'd like to travel. And based on what I've learned and the tour guides I have access to, we could have Greece as our first destination in 2025. I need to use this time right now to find out if there's enough interest to actually book the tour. So, if you think you'd like to be a part of the Faith to Live By tour in Greece in 2025, please send me an email to faithtoliveby at pamelachristianministries.com with the words Greece Tour in the subject line, and then let me know how many people would be in your party in the body of the email. Your email is not a commitment or an obligation. It's just to let me know the interest to see if planning the trip makes sense. Once we have enough people expressing interest in potentially being part of such a trip, then I'll get the details and I'll put the information back out there for people to actually sign up. Again, if you want me to put together a Christian tour for 2025 to Greece, send me an email to faithtoliveby at pamelachristianministries.com with the words Greece tour in the subject line and the number of people that you would think and the number of people you would bring in the body of the email if the trip becomes a reality. You know, I really do put my heart and soul into these podcasts, wanting very much for you to know the truth and find the strength of faith you need in these dark days. And so I ask, won't you shoot me an email letting me know how this podcast impacts you? My email is faithtoliveby at pamelachristianministries.com. I truly welcome your communication.
If you like what you hear from me with this podcast, I highly recommend my book series, my award-winning blog, and connecting with me on social media, where I can cover many more topics than I can with this weekly podcast. And consider signing up for my online certificate course in apologetics. My aim with that course is to help people learn not only how to use apologetics to share truth with others, but help Christian leaders incorporate apologetics in their respective ministries so many more Christians are confident about their faith and better able to share it. Learn more using the link in the show notes. Should you have a topic you want me to explore with this podcast, please simply let me know. Again, my email is faithtoliveby at pamelachristianministries.com. If this podcast blesses you, and I certainly hope it does, because you are the reason I work as hard as I do, would you consider partnering with me in my vision? You know that my whole goal is to help people discover and live in life-giving truth and to experience all the hope truth provides. You can, and I hope you do, personally share your faith with others. But have you thought about how many more people you could reach by partnering with me? Help me grow this podcast, get my books into more people's hands, and talk me up to others to get me more speaking engagements and increase this podcast audience. Then together, as partners, we will be making a much greater impact than we can on our own. There are several ways you can choose to partner with me. Certainly, telling others about me and my ministry along with prayer is the top of the list. There is nothing as powerful as word-of-mouth, endorsement, or personal referrals. Buying my books and products is another way. All of my books in my Faith to Live By series were written to help people better understand the Christian faith and how to successfully live it out. Visit my website and get any or all these books with a deep discount of 20% using the word TRUTH at checkout. Supporting the businesses I feature as affiliate partners is yet another way you can partner with me. I seek to find affiliates who can offer you goods and services you need, and I have some very exciting money-saving America First goods and services you will not want to miss out on. Newest to my affiliate list is a company I'm exceedingly excited to introduce to you. If you're like me, you're tired of paying high prices for cable television, and you've been waiting for just the right company to come along who shares your values to replace your cable service. Well, I found it. It's called Q Streaming. That's C-U-E Streaming. They provide over 3,000 channels, including live TV with local stations from across the United States, United States networks, sports networks, movie networks, and pay-per-view events. You get all of that for about half of what most cable companies charge, and there's no contract, just a monthly subscription. Visit faithtoliveby.myqstreaming.com to look around and sign up to start viewing the programs you like for a fraction of what you're paying now, all while supporting a Christian-owned and operated company that exclusively uses word-of-mouth advertising so as not to spend money on commercial advertisement that supports the woke movement. And don't forget, when it comes to your health, I have two different affiliate partners, Dr. Zelenko's Z-Stack Supplements and Kappa Health, formerly Infinity. Kappa Health is dedicated to helping us detoxify our bodies and get to an optimum and healthy weight. I personally love the Java Boost drink, and I think you will too. Check out all the products they have, and be sure to use my promo code at checkout, FTLB, that's for Faith to Live By, to get 20% discount on all of their products. Visit cupahealth.com. Dr. Zelenko's Z-Stack supplements contain zinc, quercetin, and vitamin C and D, which are formulated in just the right amount to help you boost your immune system. Your immune system can be weakened by over 300 different primary immunodeficiency disorders. 
poor diet, lack of sleep, and adverse reactions to vaccines. I'm personally taking the supplement, and I can tell you I've been around many people who have had COVID, and I have not been sick. Use my custom link from the show notes, or go to his website and use the promo code FTLB and receive a 5% coupon discount. If you choose to subscribe, you can receive 10% off of each and every month. Also, there's Operation Tomahawk, which Scott McKay started. It's a subscription-based program that allows you to get your household and personal care items from a company that is American-owned and operated because we don't want to support the deep state. Purchase goods that are not made with toxins or genetically modified ingredients. Join me in supporting America First by refusing to buy national brands from corporations that are all part of the woke cabal. Use the link in the show notes and then follow to the drop-down menu where you'll see Faith to Live By and Pamela Christian. Click on that and then look around to learn more. And regarding your finances, I want you to know about Dr. Kirk Elliott. He's a personal wealth advisor who offers free consultations to understand your personal financial goals and to help you reach them. We are living in unprecedented times and the economy is one area the Lord has promised to overhaul. Call Kirk at 1-720-605-3900 or contact him and his team using the link in my show notes. I also have a dedicated webpage where you can learn more and hear the interviews I've had with the several different affiliate partners in the vetting process. Of course, you need to do your own due diligence to make your own decisions what to purchase. But to help you, I am researching companies, interviewing their representatives, and using their products or services to provide you with my personal recommendation. When you purchase my books, products, or services, or products and services from any of my affiliates, you get something you want, and at the same time, you support me. It's truly a benefit for all of us. Shop for yourself or shop to get gifts for friends and family. Your support is greatly appreciated. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, why not consider partnering with me in my vision to bring truth to as many people as possible? I welcome direct contributions, but they are not tax-deductible at this time. So anyone who sends a donation of $25 or more will receive your choice of one of my books personalized and autographed for you, or receive five of the Make America Godly Again bumper stickers. Please visit my web store to learn all about the products and services available through my ministry work. The website is PamelaChristianMinistries.com. On the checkout page, you'll find a button to make a donation. And don't forget about my own award-winning books available from my website. The series is also called Faith to Live By, and when you purchase through my web store, be sure to use the promo code TRUTH, T-R-U-T-H, use it at checkout, and get a 20% discount on your entire order. If you like the content and resource material I bring with this podcast, you'll find much more by connecting with me through my blog. In fact, my blog has been awarded two unsolicited awards for Christian content, and I'm also very active on social media. I can cover much more on social media than I can with this weekly podcast. To receive even more, please be sure to check out my dedicated podcast listeners page called Beyond the Podcast. Here's where we can connect exclusively, and you can download complimentary devotionals, resources, and more. On that page, I also ask that you help me know more about what you want by completing the form visible once you scroll down the page. You can also subscribe to my complimentary bi-monthly e-newsletter. As a new subscriber, you can choose from one of three gifts I offer in appreciation for your subscription. Subscribing will make you a preferred customer, 
where you will receive special announcements and offers not available to others. And by subscribing, should anything happen to my podcast, I'll have a way to contact you to make sure you know where to find me. Depending upon where you listen to my podcast, if you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever these features are available. Your review helps the show reach more people and spreads the gospel and helps people learn how to better apply their Christian faith. I hope you'll join me next week and tell your friends and family to listen right here on Faith to Live By, where we learn how to gain spiritual victory over life's issues. Until next week, I'm Pam Christian, asking you to remember, Christ died for us. The least we can do is live for Him.